Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. We are on episode 189, season four. And this episode is Start Your Engines. School is starting and everybody's back in business. Uh, I'm already doing student teachers myself and have done some coaching and have been back in buildings and the buildings are getting ready. Hallways look always uh, like they're not going to be ready to start, but they will be. Some buildings I've been in, the hallways are shining and ready for the students. Uh, supplies are still in boxes. Uh, people are readying rooms. Um, visited at three different schools today and things are looking really good. One of those was a middle school and they are active and getting ready for students. And I thought I would share some things. I found a really good article on in, uh, four ways to start connecting with students in the first week back in Edutopia. If you haven't seen that, I thought I'd share some of that. And talking about some of the opening uh, activities. I'm seeing all kinds of stuff online and uh, talking to people and seeing what people are doing. And there's all kinds of team building going on at different buildings. Uh, somebody was asking about uh, professionalism and just giving the teachers time and I agree it's important to give them plenty of time but you also need to uh, as prof professionals set the tone as the leader of the building you need to set the tone and what you're trying to do and I always went over our mission and vision and uh, spent uh, some time doing our PD uh, keeping it light at times, making things fun, doing some fun activities and some team building, and then also giving our why and why we're there and the importance of that. And remember last time we were looking at super bosses uh, in the book by Sidney Finkelstein and uh, or Stein, however he says that. And I think we looked at, uh, he talked about vision, one thing that's worth repeating because the importance of vision, I would always have that on my agendas, even my staff agendas, and I think it was important uh, to do that and to keep our why in front of us on what we're trying to do and the ideal of what we're trying to do. Um, and I, I liked what he said, and I'm going to read a little piece again from it. The combination of clarity of vision and constant innovation enables super bosses to run businesses to sustain innovation over extended periods within which to work and the super boss's fundamental... Uh, wait a minute, employees cannot innovate in meaningful ways unless they have a frame from which to work. And the super boss's fundamental vision provides precisely that grounding. Uh, consequently, employees are liberated to move around and innovate the specific mechanism, processes, methods, and policies they use in their own positions. Super bosses are astonishingly successful because they willingly and eagerly change anything and everything so long as it doesn't contradict or dilute their inherently innovative vision. And remember, I always say allow people to do uh, uh, what they can without it counting against them. And I think that's an important principle. And another thing he said before this was that uh, he says most bosses are, uh, it's not a laissez-faire boss who are open to anything their employees may care to try. In most workplaces, though, you'll find that the exact opposite is true. Bosses are not at all amenable to new ideas. They may talk about innovation and the necess necessity of adaptation, but they really only want employees to do their jobs the way they were told to do them, with clear rules, instructions, boundaries, goals, and no excuses. 
at best most bosses implicitly uh, relegate innovation to second place behind the imperative uh, to just get the work done. So that's not what you're trying to do. You need to empower your staff, use their strengths. I thought that would be good, worth it to bring back that statement and to uh, use that vision and to allow, empower your staff. That is such a huge idea. I always made my uh, in-services and my professional development fun at the same time and tried to do some team building and do some collaboration and do some different things. And I've seen people doing activities and uh, trust courses and uh, going to the bowling alley and doing some uh, um, actual physical activities, which is fun too, mixing it up and then interjecting some of these important pieces because I always spent quite a bit of time on our goals and what we were trying to do and building our uh, philosophy of restorative practices and working with students and our positive behavior intervention supports. We spent quite a bit of time going over our training and our matrix of supports and how you do them and the procedures and routines. Strong procedures and routines consistently taught by your staff are going to be a key to keeping your building running smoothly. And if you can keep um, everybody on board with like the fast five or some kind of key commands, that narrows it down and then using your building guidelines like our be respectful, be responsible and be safe actually helped us to solidify uh, some of our uh, strong procedures and routines and then I'd go through some of our demographics of the building and some of our populations and getting them to understand our students which I still feel is an important point and getting to some curriculum things but uh, the curriculum is almost on a back burner until you get a lot of these things in place and you can do this in an effective uh, productive way uh, getting through how you're going to run SATs and how you're going to get uh, supports to students and what you're going to do to help support those students. I think developing teachers' capacity to work with students is one of the best things that you can do uh, as a leader for your staff and getting everybody on board and getting those things in place so that you will have a smooth-running building. Uh, the article on the end from Edutopia, they have a lot of good stuff. Uh, let's see, I... This one was, I don't see who this originally was written by. It's got a lot of different sites, a lot of different uh, people in it. Uh, but the story itself, uh, let's see if I can find, I don't see a name on the very beginning of this to give you. Uh, but it's four ways to start connecting with students in the first week back. Prioritizing relationships in the very first week of school can help teachers and students build the foundation for a classroom community that will last the year through, and that is so very true. Uh, many of you are doing back-to-school nights and kickoffs and barbecues like I always used to do and bring the whole neighborhood in, and it start everybody on a positive note and tie them to services and agencies and make it a positive opportunity to come to school. Uh, they say the first thing is to give students an opportunity to journal about what stresses them out during back-to-school time. This is an, uh, an idea for teachers. Start with prompts like how do you feel about your study habits? What are your plans to make new friends? Uh, grappling with these concerns right off the bat will help them develop problem-solving skills and self-awareness. And then the second one that they give is being intentional about the posters, decorations, and learning aids you choose for your classroom. It builds a sense of belonging for your students using images and examples that mirror your students own culture has even been shown to boost grades wow 
Do your best to make classroom your classroom warm and inviting, a space that reflects the interests and backgrounds of your students. Try showcasing past student work to encourage a sense of ownership. And be sure to display visuals and short quotes that feature heroes and leaders from all walks of life that let your students know they are valued learners and that they are welcome in your classroom. Uh, part of restorative practices, too, if you start doing uh, classroom meetings or classroom circles or groups, it's a good time to initiate uh, that kind of uh, how you're going to do it and how you're going to run it. The third thing they say is when teachers go the extra mile to context, uh, connect, students are more likely to engage uh, with challenging lessons and activities. The most effective teachers balance relationships and rigor to create supportive and productive classroom experience. And uh, yes, from my experience, uh, relationships make a big difference. Those teachers that are able to build relationships and those staff members that are able to build relationships are going to work very well with all students and they're going to be able to correct them when needed and reteach them when needed and be able to get more out of them because the student knows that you care and the student knows that you want the best for them. That makes a big, big, big difference. Uh, say They say start from day one with classic relationship building strategies like positive greetings at the door and playing name games, learning names and things like that. And I have seen so many positive greetings at the door and how you greet students and different ways of doing it and some teachers allowing students to do whatever kind of greeting uh, they would like and multiple ways of greeting students and having them come in on a very positive note, especially in the morning when you may be the first positive impact on that student. And uh, number four was, it can be tempting to begin the year with all your rules and policies already in place, but a heavy-handed approach can lead to power struggles in the long term. Instead, invite your students to share responsibility for the, how the classroom is managed. Ask the class to generate a list of adjectives that describe the ideal learning environment or dig into specific questions like, how do you want to treat each other? Then write up agreements together based on their answers and display them on a poster board. Uh, that's a great way to do a T-chart and anchor chart and have students be a part of that creation and coming up with the ownership of their rules for the classroom that meet the guidelines for the building. If they're being respectful, being responsible, and being safe, uh, they could help explain what those look like in your classroom and the procedures for things. And in my experience, a lot of times the students are going to come up with harder ways or actually sometimes more strict rules than you would have in the first place and if you can get them to agree on some of these routines and procedures they probably will work pretty effectively and you can always have class meetings later to discuss things that need tweaking and then they conclude with the first week of school is full of changes and unknowns for teachers and students building good relationships early on establishes the trust you'll need to thrive in the year ahead and that is so true you're setting the tone for the year ahead and that's why I said it's important for the principal to do that at the opening meetings and at the different activities and how you're going to be working with your kids and your philosophy of doing whatever it takes was always my philosophy of what we needed to do for those students to help them be successful in our school uh, was a big deal on building that philosophy. And you may have seen a post I just put out and I said educators have the opportunity to be the reason kids come to school. That is so true. And I do want you to make connections and have a great school year. And that applies to everyone. So as always, I hope you have a great start. And I like to end with a quote. The trouble is if you don't risk anything, you risk even more. And that was Erica Jong.
So as always, keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes. And until next time, let's remember to be positive. listening to Urban Principle. Leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAnderson Consulting.com.